I need more bourbon. Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, Ooh, that a podcast better. that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and this is Take Two. <laughs> I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Caleb, could a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. All right, let's mix it up. Yeah. Look at that. That is just, it's magic. That's a pretty drink. I sure hope it tastes as good as it looks. Yeah. Smells good. Yeah. Smells Mint. good. Oh, gin drinks. Yeah, it yeah. looks like a whiskey drink, but it's not. Yeah. It's, uh, well, what's the color in there? Is it the? Is it the? Hold on, uh, partner. Th- the we'll get to it. All we'll right, get I'll to it. I'll just be quiet. <laughs> it's a beautiful, cold, dreary, rainy April day, like April's supposed to be. Exactly. We've been spoiled with really, really good weather. Yep. I've already been to three baseball games. Yeah. Um, Me zero. <laughs> baseball season started up. I'm coaching again. It it is the most wonderful time of the year. I'm just gonna say it. Opening day should be a national holiday. Yeah, you have an How un- dare you make me work on you opening day? You have an unreasonable love <laughs> for baseball. <laughs> I wouldn't say unreasonable. There's I so would. many things I to would. love about baseball. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I and suppose. you know what? Mm-hmm. I will say that I, while I might be kind of a baseball purist, yes. you know, those guys that are really rigid, set mm-hmm. in their ways, mm-hmm. I like some of the changes that Major League Baseball has made this year. Yeah. With the pitch clock. I, uh, I'm not sure that I like... They didn't eliminate the shift. They eliminated how far you could go with the shift. Right, There's right. a part of me that says, hey, look, buddy, if they're opening up the whole left side of the field daring you to hit there, just hit there. Right. But it is making for more exciting games, more hits, more stolen bases, shorter game times. Shorter which, game times. <laughs> depending on where you stand, if you love, love, love baseball like me, I'm getting used to shorter game times. But some of what I love about baseball is that it's it's got that pace, the mm-hmm. leisurely, like, yeah, we, we got a game to play here, but we're going to take our time and enjoy this. Why yeah. are we talking so much about baseball today? I don't know. You, you just dove right into it. Look I at know. that. We're, that. we're talking about baseball today because yes. uh, there are a lot of, uh, I've, I've always said, lessons that we can take from a finance perspective from America's pastime. So we're talking Moneyball today. Moneyball. Yeah. Moneyball. Yeah. Now, this is something I can get behind. Yeah. You know, it, you cue the nerds, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, so if you like, if you like <laughs> statistics, <laughs> finance, and baseball, ooh, yeah, Moneyball is for you. Now... You know, we're cutting edge here on this podcast. We're talking about a movie that uh, came out in, what, 2003 or something like that? (laughs) I don't remember. 2011, based on a 2003 book book by Michael Lewis. Yes. Yeah, I had to do a little bit of snooping because I was trying to remember all the, you know, I guess kind of the one-liners from the movie. There's a lot of them. There's There's a a lot of good ones. There's a ton of them, yeah. So, yeah, this is going to be fun. I mean, it... I. Baseball is kind of boring to me. Oh. Okay, I know, I know. We You're can. kind of boring. To me. Sorry, I'm going to try <laughs> to stop is that. That is 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm with you. I the games that I've watched have pitch clocks. It's, it's great. Yeah, I mean man, they've, they've cut the average game time down a half an hour. So you just, you just wonder in these, in these cases, which is what we're going to talk about today, is like they just threw pot. I mean, baseball teams throw piles of money, especially the team that's on your hat at winning, right? Yes. I mean. And this movie, I wore this, this concept is based on a true story. Yes. You know, kind of threw that out in the garbage can. Let's put it this way. The meme stock uh, craze, you know, yeah, um, yeah. AMC and uh, GameStop, GameStop mm-hmm. and, you know, all that craziness that was that was going on. 
there's a part of you that's like, oh, that's not that's not what investing or stock trading is about. But there's also a part of you that's like, man, look at what these guys did. They're thinking right. differently, and they just set the world on its ear. Exactly. And it's kind of what they did in Moneyball. Yeah. You know, definitely. there's there's it's a game that's really entrenched in its history and its rich traditions. Mm-hmm. And then you just go, huh? We're gonna do this a little bit differently. And if you don't like it, stop us. It, yeah, yeah, and I think of a lot of things in this world that are that way. Mm-hmm. People are like, absolutely not going to change the way that they've been thinking. That's why I like the shift yeah. in baseball, though. Right. Because from an analytics perspective, from a, you know, it as, mixes as it a coach, up, right? you say, why don't I stack four guys on this side of the field and say, I know you can't hit to right. the third base side. So go I ahead and dare try. you. <laughs> if you're so good, Mr. <laughs> professional Baseball Player, I dare you. Right. And you know what? If you do poke one through, Hats off to you, sir. Yeah, yeah. Good job. The stats but, are in my favor, right? Yeah, and so the the shift is something that kind of set baseball on its its ear at one point. All right, let's um, drink. I, I but I guess what I'm getting at is there are a lot of lessons that we can take out of out of this. I would call beautiful game. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get into the beautiful drink, I guess. All right. Let's do that. So what we're drinking today here, uh, this lovely drink, is called a Cooperstown. Oh, okay. Now I get it. I did. I'm like really unprepared today, so yeah, it's all right. I was like maybe like a highball or something <laughs> like that. No, a Cooperstown. That's that where, where the sense. baseball Hall of Fame is at. Yep, yep. Right. That makes a lot of sense. So, so what do we got? Looks like a whiskey drink. However, it is not. The base on this is one and a half ounces of gin. Yes. Um. So we used a. This is kind of a. It's Kirkland because we're out of Tanqueray right now. Uh, we have um, Norlet. You know what though? That one's too floral. Too floral. Yeah, this yeah. is a London Dry Gin, kind of that. Uh, yeah, that's the most like Tanqueray. Yeah, you know, I think that it's we have probably the same stuff. <laughs> it, it might be. So one and a half ounces of gin, three quarters of an ounce of Martini and Rossi sweet vermouth. Yep. You know, typically I'd pr- prefer Carpano, but I can't find it. We must have uh, must have drank it all. And then we've got a a white vermouth paratif. We use Lilit. Yeah, which um, we haven't. We've used this in other drinks, but it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And I think we we tried this by itself and I like actually it. kind of liked it. Yeah. yeah. So it says served well, best chilled. Well, we got it chilled. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mix it in a mixing glass. I got it. Okay. So, sweet. But yeah, some kind of a white vermouth or 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 a dry or white wine could could do in a pinch. Hmm. Uh, and then two dashes of orange bitters or seven. <laughs> I, I put generous dashes in there. We're getting the color probably from the vermouth. The vermouth, yeah. And uh, yeah. I would say so. I mean, so. we got kind of that yellowish color and that white vermouth. I mean, it really there, looks like a bourbon drink. That's what's does. surprising to me. So uh, I put a couple mint leaves in when I mix a drink and then garnish with a sprig, so that's too. Dirt so dirt is what you're trying to tell me. Yeah, it could just be dirt from the ground. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we put all that into a mixing glass, stirred it up with ice, chilled it, strained it. And you got have this lovely drink here. So let's uh let's go in for a taste. Cheers. Cheers to baseball. <laughs> oh wow. Oh. That's like a winner. That. Wow. That's really good. I would say that is an elegant drink. Yeah. <laughs> I feel really fancy. I'm gonna put my pinky out on this yeah, one. Yeah. Okay, so definitely I definitely wow. get this uh Lilette Blanc. There's a um, lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of power behind that. I'm surprised. Oh for yeah. I mean, it's all it's all booze, but sure. Dang, that's really good. It's good. It's uh, I think the there's a smoothness to it that's coming from this white vermouth. I think it or, calms, or dry vermouth kind of calms down the the gin just a little bit, mm-hmm. but 
Man, that's really good. But you definitely still have like the botanical yep, flavors the from the gin coming through. But that mint's pulling that through too. Yep. No, man, that's really really don't notice the sweet vermouth in there. It, not, it is a little sweet, I it, guess. It's just it's definitely a sweeter drink. I mean, in and compared to what gin is by itself. No, that's great. That's really smooth. Really, Try this yeah. one at home. I mean, that's that's actually that's gonna go on the list of remakes. Yeah. I, I think what's going to make or break this is the vermouth that you're using. So like anything else, if we did use Carpano Antique, I'm sure we'd like it more. Yeah. And definitely using Lilla rather than just a like a standard Off dry wall. vermouth. Mm-hmm. That It's definitely imparting its own flavor there. So I, I think, and I've said it a few times before, this could be a really good blank canvas drink that yep. you can kind of plug and play some of the ingredients, mm-hmm. not lose the integrity of the drink, but also spice it up and, and kind of get a different flavor profile going. I Sometimes guess. with uh, mint drinks, I kind of get that. It's almost overly florally. I guess the botanical word is probably almost like well, It sometimes tastes like earthy. earthy, and I'm not getting that here, so... That's good for me. I, I'm sure it's that sweetness coming through, kind of masking some of that. But this is this is really good. Um, yeah. That's a that's a keeper. The other thing I'll say about it, the mint is don't muddle the mint leaves and right. uh, when you're just when you're mixing them it in, up. Right? Yep, just stir them in. You just get a little bit of the essence in there. And kind honestly, of, you get the smell from the mint sprig here when you go in for a sip. It it's, reminds it's me. Subtle. This reminds me of a Manhattan. You know, I mean, obviously you have vermouth, but there's well, a lot. That perfect Manhattan recipe, not my perfect Manhattan, yeah. but I think the actual quote unquote perfect Manhattan has half dry, half sweet vermouth. That's right. And so That's it, right. it is really, really similar in the construction here, mm. except for gin as the base. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's really good. It's a gin perfect Manhattan with uh, mint. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's so you have fresh breath afterwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. Sweet. Well, I good like one. It. Man, I think it's a winner. Town, right? Speaking of winners. It's hard to build a winner in baseball, <laughs> isn't it? Yes. I mean, it takes, it seems, I mean, wisdom from 150 years. I think the movie says that you need to spend a bunch of money. The old ways work. I mean, you know, I think a lot of the premise of, of the movie, uh, and by the way, I'm rocking the evil empire's hat here today. <laughs> Don't get mad. I always get comments. This is, we'll probably get the most feedback mm-hmm. from this uh, episode and it'll all be, it'll all be <laughs> watch Yankee our, hate. Watch our, watch uh, our, viewership go through the roof (laughs) it'll all be yankee hate but i was raised a yankees fan because my dad was a big reggie jackson fan sure Uh, he met reggie back in the day when he was with the oakland days and loved reggie so when he he, uh was traded to the yankees he just kind of stuck with the yankees but anyway they had a different way of and still do have a different way uh, of building a baseball team which is you know there's there's no salary cap in baseball, right? And, and you know, as quoted in the movie and the book, it's an unfair game, right? Mm-hmm. The the teams with the biggest pocketbooks can pay up, but what's interesting is that doesn't always translate into wins, right? Right, exactly. So some of the things you know, when we, and my son collects baseball cards now and stuff, and uh, you know, we'll we'll look at the back of the card, we'll look at batting average mm-hmm. and home runs and RBIs, all things that he understands about the game, like oh, right. okay, yeah, so this guy's really good because of this. And, you know, after Moneyball, you go, let's look at his on-base percentage. <laughs> let's look at his slugging average. Right, exactly. Right? And some of those concepts, I think, uh, you know, like for my 10-year-old son, he's like, oh, I don't know what that means. What, so how many home runs did he hit, you know? But, but the I idea mean, one there, of there... One of the quotes is, I mean, right here, I mean, you get on base, we win. Yes. You don't, we lose. Yeah, and absolutely. So, so I, and I think in one of the scenes, you remember where they, like, he can't do anything except... He gets on base. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember who the player was. Yeah, they'll they'll look at his batting average and say, "Well, mm-hmm. why are, why are we bringing him in? Look at his batting average. 
his fielding is not where it used to be. Right. He's a shell of himself. But somehow, and that was the somehow he gets on base. Well, yeah, he walks a lot, and for whatever reason, he gets hit by pitches a lot. Okay, and and Billy Bean, the general manager, yep. and Paul D. Podesta was the assistant general manager at the yep. time. Yep, yep. Uh, who kind of was really championing this whole thing? He's like, I don't care how you get on base. Right. Get him on base. I mean, that is the moral of the story. If we get more guys on base mm-hmm. than the other team, chances are we're going to win That's more right. often than not. That's right. So it, it's pretty funny. You know, one of the quotes that I kind of forgot about that I, I've heard in everyday life, maybe I just hear it, you know, with coaching baseball and all that being around baseball people was, uh, he's never played first base before. You've never played first base before? It's all right. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's incredibly hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I, again, like, but they're focusing on one stat in particular. They're focusing on the eye test. Right. Does this guy look like a player? Does he? This sounds goofy. Does he fill out the uniform well? Does he look like a ball player? Yep. Is he a, a three-tool player, four-tool? Is he a five-tool player? And, and what's interesting about this, if you haven't seen the movie, you should watch the movie, even if you don't really care for baseball. My wife liked this movie. But Billy Bean was one of the most highly touted prospects in baseball when right. he was drafted in the right. first round. And he gave up a, uh, a scholarship at Stanford mm-hmm. to go right to the big leagues. And uh, he was one of those mythical five-tool players. He had it all. He could do everything, right? And so the mentality, I'll, I'll set it up. If, you, if you've seen it, you know. The Oakland A's lost in the playoffs to uh, a Yankees team that had a much bigger salary, right. much, much bigger payroll. And then what happened pretty frequently was Oakland being a smaller market team, when they built these players up through their farm system, and then they played and, and proved the that they were great players... Yep, they they couldn't afford to keep their own players, so the big boys like the Yankees and Red Sox would come would in, pay them, them tons of money, and they're yep. like, how do we replace these guys? Exactly. So and then they'd start all over. Yeah, then they'd start all over, yep. and then they felt like, well, all we're, we're a minor league team for the Yankees at this point. But yeah, the idea was really get on base. And, and so this is a finance podcast. We have to say that a lot. How does this translate into our portfolios? I would say one of the most obvious things is, especially for new investors, Right, we hear about the Googles, Apples, Amazons, those well, we, big heavy hitter companies. We actually just had this conversation this morning about you know the get rich quick kind of. Yeah, people want to hit home runs. Yeah, that, not just home runs; they want to hit a grand slam. Mm-hmm. You know, like one of the things I do on a <clears throat> kind of on a daily basis, and it's just torture. I don't know why I do it. Is I kind of look at the biggest winners and the biggest losers in the market. Yeah, and like yesterday, I don't even remember the company, but it was up six hundred and thirteen percent. Mm-hmm. In one day. Yeah. Okay. Come on. Like one out of a gazillion chance of that happening. And, but that's what we focus on. Yeah. You know, because like, what do big home run hitters do a lot of? Strike out. <laughs> I thought you were going to say brag. Well, <laughs> that's the long ball. Uh, but, <laughs> and I, I think that's the point there is, and it's funny too, the way that baseball analytics has gone since this movie. Mm-hmm. You have more strikeouts because now what they're saying, similar right, to like the right. NBA with three point shooting and mm-hmm. stuff like that, more, more threes, they're, they're going for the, the big hit, right? They're going for the home run knowing they're going to strike out more because the home run actually does more positively impact them and the strikeouts in the grand scheme of things don't yeah. hurt as much. So the math nerd in me is saying that really before, I mean, 2000, when, when was it again? 2002, mm-hmm. the analytics side of sports altogether was really very weak. I mean, they kept yeah. stats, 
but they didn't necessarily draw conclusions. They were focusing on the wrong, wrong things. things. And batting I, and average, I, runs batted in, home runs. Not that those things are bad, because usually those did equate to a high on-base percentage or a high slugging but this, average. this was but. a new ratio. It was like the, the stats that they were focused on versus their salary. Yes, exactly. I mean, the value. Right. The value side of... So this is really fascinating. The the example in the movie is, you know, Jason Giambi, who ended up going on to play for the Yankees and do Mm -hmm. some pretty good things with the Yankees, too. You know, they were devastated by losing really Jason Giambi and and Johnny Damon to the big market teams who paid a lot of money. And, you know, they're all sitting there in the, the war room saying, how do we replace Giambi? There's not a first baseman out there like him. How do we replace him? And Paul D. Podesta's whole mm-hmm. Moneyball analytics, you know, mentality was we don't, we don't actually, but we can go out and we can get three guys that do this, 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 and this, and pay them way, way, way less. Kind of platoon the position, right? And we've replaced him. Uh, we've we've replaced. You shouldn't be paying for players. You should be paying for wins. Wins. You so quote from the movie. You won the exact same number of games that the Yankees won, but yes. the Yankees spent one point four million per win. Yeah. And you paid 260000 Yeah, per win. Still a lot of money, don't get me wrong. But, but that payroll, $44 million versus $125 million, I think it was that year. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, That would equate, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So the idea there was, okay, they know they've got good players, but also what happens with good players is they don't remain the best players always, right? There's a correlation there where diminishing returns right Right. absolutely players age they get injured you're still paying them a bunch of money now what are you getting for them how how do we translate that into investing jason yeah i mean it definitely i mean in an everyday scenario your high flyers don't always fly high exactly in fact in the last you know couple years we've had what's worked for most of our careers this kind of growth focused apples metas facebook's google's Amazon's Tesla's Tesla Tesla I say that you sound like someone who's got a Tesla a Tesla that's Um, like Jaguar uh, the only people that say that are people that own them it's a Jaguar they they flew high yeah and they man returns were through the roof now we switched to kind of the concept of this movie yeah you know 20 21 22 more value focused kind of the boring you know, we pay a dividend. The ones we, that get on base, yeah. whether it's a walk, base hits. a hit by pitch, yep. they're on base, right? And what do you get out of some of the big high-flying growth that's, uh, and I'm not saying that they're done growing. No. I'm just no, saying, no, no. think about what you're paying for these companies. Are you paying more for what they're doing today, mm-hmm. or are you paying a premium for what they did in the past? Absolutely. And that's our tendency as investors, especially stock pickers, I would say, if you're, if you're building a portfolio, you're going to, you know, you're either... You're going to fall into a couple of traps doing it on your own. You're either going to overpay for a company who's, I'm not even saying best days are behind them, but you're paying a premium for what they've done before you come to the table and right. buy them. Absolutely. Or you're on the other side and you're swinging for home runs, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying penny stocks necessarily, but you're taking silly risks that oftentimes end up in strikeouts. Yeah. Speculative. Bitcoin. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> crypto. NFTs. One. Yeah, you feel like you're getting left behind if you don't participate in those areas. And, you know, the the reality is, is the base hit works in your financial plan. It works really, really well. And I tell my boys that we're coaching. We had one yesterday that he's a a pretty good hitter. We had our first scrimmage. You know, he uh, first first hit, first at bat, nice hit into the outfield. Mm Mm-hmm. 
first hit of the of the young season. I said, that feels good, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it feels good. Next time up, and by the way, that that hit to the outfield uh, was played cleanly, resulted in a single. All right, and then the next time up, he barely hit it out of the batter's box, hustled his butt down to first base. I said, how'd that feel? He goes, not as good. And I said, but you're here. We'll take that. We'll we'll take an infield single. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And I think that we got the, on base. That's the problem many times with investors. They come in thinking we have that like special knowledge or a lot of our job is really as a, as advisors is to make sure we don't allow you to get emotional about swinging the bat real hard and mm-hmm. you know, doing the old twist yourself up and ruin your back kind of thing and I, I just think that investing is just so much simpler than people assume. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think that's why we have like kind of hung our hats on this because it was kind of overlooked. Sure. It's not like on the, the way we invest and the way that we think our um, clients should invest isn't on the front page of the newspaper every day. Yeah. And so again, sometimes you feel like you've been left behind and you know, now we know you go back to the peak of Bitcoin here in the last couple of years, you know, $65,000 yeah. a coin is just like, and, and then we just watched it just and rumble. why and for something that could be a giant home run but right. what's the could likelihood be. right but it probably it already happened like yeah. it was like it, again it'd be going out and buying one of the guys off the yankees roster that is still in their prime it's going to take a lot of and lot paying of him more and paying him more and not and you, you know you just don't know what you're going to get from that point. that's the I, I guess the direct analogy you know it, it could be really overpaying for a, and we'll say, quote unquote, known commodity or something flashy, right? Nobody's going to fault you for paying up for the big name star. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you take the names away and you look at the stats, there's a lot of value out there right. that could be had uh, in the, the free agent pool. But I would look at what's going on in the market today. And you could say, okay, well, people are still buying the big high flying growth names. We see it every day whenever the market goes up a Definitely. bunch for whatever reason. The volumes are there. But yeah, <laughs> the, these ones, people are still overpaying for them. And in, in the meantime, we're looking at some of these value companies that we would say, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. these guys just get it done every quarter. Every quarter, the earnings right. are there, the dividends are up, they're doing it. And yet their value is going lower and lower. And that would be like a major league team paying more and more and more for the big name. Yep. Not looking at the stats and just totally ignoring the good value that's out there on the board. Exactly. As much as it is about the individual investments themselves, it's the stats of this movie, and I'm going to almost call it a discovery, Mm -hmm. made the The guys who pioneered this, by the way, were not sports people. No. I mean, this is a Yale grad. Yeah. Never had a job in his life. Economics degree. Yeah, I love that. I love that part too. That just makes me so, yes. (laughs) One for the nerd team. (laughs) Yeah, what did his stats look like? (laughs) The the reality is is that the behavior of focusing on the right thing. Yeah. It's funny in the movie, what did the one guy call them a Fabio or something like that? Yeah, we're not looking for Fabio here. Yeah, yeah. What was his? Somebody said he fills out a uniform or something like that. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. It's like, we're not looking for Fabio. We're not looking for Fabio here. (laughs) I love that. I mean, that's a great line because focusing on the behaviors, the stats that will get you to the places faster and whatever the goal is, if it's, you know, being able to have freedom from the current job you're working in, Uh starting a business, buying a house, whatever it is, you when you put two hundred dollars aside every month to uh, you know to buy that boat you wanted, and it takes you ten years, it, it's not exciting. No, 
It's not, but it will be, it, it'll get you there. So I'm going to stop you because you're right. You, you, this was a great segue. You're welcome. And I don't want you to go past it because <laughs> there's another big baseball fan out there who also uh, happens to be pretty well respected in the investment community, uh, Mr. Warren Buffett. Who dat? Yeah, who dat? <laughs> he, uh, he talks a lot about behavioral finance, right? And, oh, and investing from a behavior standpoint. There's, I have a couple of fun quotes here from Warren Buffett. This is, this is interesting. So he takes a lot of those everyday investing lessons and, and converts it to baseball. The stock market is a no-called strike game. You don't have to swing at everything. You can wait for your pitch. In addition, the problem when you're a money manager is that your fans keep yelling, swing, you bum. (laughs) Right. But that was another thing in the movie that you'll notice when they started to turn around that season, because at first it looked like it was a it was all for naught, like a cute idea, but it didn't work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, they got into the analytics and they said, "Okay, so there's a power to not swinging. Like, we don't want to swing at bad pitches. We know that. But you're not going to swing at every good pitch either because statistically speaking, if we get that pitcher's pitch count up over 105 innings in, now you're facing the relievers. And if you're in the ninth inning and you're you're facing the third or fourth guy out of the bullpen, we got a lot better chance, right? Right, right. So, you know, that there's a power to not swinging. Right. There's a, not, there's a power to not swinging at everything. And sometimes... But- but you what, might let a good pitch go by. But your little league team, I mean, what is what is the like downloaded normal instinct of every boy that's on your team? I, I heard it yesterday from another coach on our team, and I wanted to go, eh. And it was, hey, no striking out standing there. If you're if you're striking out, you're you're going out swinging. And I would say, mm, well, not always. Yeah. What's the strike zone looking like today, guys? Can we let that one go by? You know, so. Yeah. The alternative being, and, and what, what one of the opposing coaches said, guys, let's get swinging for crying out loud. This is a scrimmage. We can't be walking everybody. And I'm going, guys, if we're taking this many walks during the, the season, we're going to do all right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you weren't the guy in the stand swing, saying, swing, you bum. No. No. I think that's <laughs> to, bad at to 10 a 10-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somehow I could see that happening for some reason. <laughs> so, you know, in addition to that, um, oh, you know, gosh. the philosophy there is waiting for the right pitch, waiting for the right deal for uh, and it's obviously a little different in his world. He's looking for a stock to invest in, in, in right. and buy and hold right. from now until eternity. But we would kind of look at that and say we're looking for good value opportunities where one way or the other, whatever happens in the market, whatever happens with the economy five years from now, we're going, yeah, that was a good time to buy that. Yeah. And so I think, again, another, you know, more focus from a financial behavior perspective is, you know, that you got to make sure you understand what you're trying to achieve, define those goals, know that what the goal is and what will get you an edge. They're just different. You have to determine which thing is priority. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think that in knowing those goals, having them clearly understood, it'll just go so far. It just just will. So I'm going to share two more uh, Warren Buffett baseball quotes because I love them. And I think this one's a really, really good one. In investing, just like in baseball, to put runs on the scoreboard, one must watch the playing field, not the scoreboard. <laughs> right? <laughs> the scoreboard at the end of the game That's is what awesome. makes a difference, but you don't change the scoreboard by focusing on the scoreboard. That's great. It's it's every play on the field. So right? stop yelling scoreboard at the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, and another one I thought was pretty interesting, while well, maybe it doesn't apply as much in what we're doing here. I've never swung at a ball while it's still in the pitcher's glove. Oh, gosh. So you could take that. Uh, oh, he's talking gosh. about startup investments, but you could look at that as 
you know, the hotness of all the speculative investments. Well, like, and I let's think, see, is I this think that's formidable? Partial, it's in your, like, again, it's the mentality of like, I'm going to swing at this ball. Yeah. Right. You got to swing. You're in the batter's box. Right. No striking outstanding. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is awesome. I thought it was fun. Wow. Maybe I like baseball more than I let on to believe here. Yeah. Okay, I'll, we'll see. I have a hard time sitting still. I, there's a lot of fun money lessons with this, but for uh, sure, if you haven't seen Moneyball, it's a great movie. Check it out. I know. Pick it up at your local, edge, right? local blockbuster. And there was this new movie that came out yeah. 12 years ago that you ought to check out. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's probably that, in the two dollar bin at Walmart. You could probably pick up the DVD. <laughs> if you like this episode, and I really enjoyed preparing for this episode. Again, I am unashamed. I am a baseball nut. Yes. You okay. Are. You are. If you enjoyed it as much as I did. Good news, because we're going to do it again next week. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about Major League. Oh, that's right. Just because it's a great movie. Oh, I'm just kidding. Great. We're done with baseball. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for having a drink with us that's this week, right. folks. It's yes. time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at bluejfg.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. <laughs> Boy, that sounded funny. Blah, 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 blah. You can stay up to date with the latest action by following us on Facebook. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Caleb and Jason. Cheers. Cheers. Talking baseball. I don't know any other baseball. Um, Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Hey. Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC. Blue Jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to a consumer in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written consent on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless other otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation.